Welcome to Bowman's Friends, a podcast created to connect and inform UK students of issues, events, and cool stuff on campus and the Lexington area. Bowman's Friends is a podcast hosted by UK students for the UK community. Our goal is to amplify student voices through advocating for equity, inclusion, and representation of all. Hey everyone, it's Kat. On today's episode, I'd like to introduce Allison Peoples, an Education Abroad Advisor, and Jack Payne, Ed- Education Abroad Peer Ambassador. How are you today? Doing good. Thanks so much for having us. It's really exciting to get to be here and to talk about Education Abroad and share about some of what we do with students here at UK. I'm glad you're doing good. How are you? I'm pretty excited, to be honest. I enjoy talking about this. I'm glad. So I assume you've both been uh, abroad. How was that? Yeah, it was it was a huge experience that was a really um, pivotal and like important part of my life and my journey here at UK. Um, so as a UK student, I actually went abroad for a semester um, and I lived in Granada, Spain for a semester and I studied abroad on one of our partner programs. So while I was there at a host university, I was taking classes with other US study abroad students. Um, and so th- that was a really special experience there. I still get to keep in touch with other US students and other UK students that I studied abroad with. And it's really cool now to be able to talk to them and hear about how they work in different fields and how study abroad still influences um, what they do in their careers today and all kinds of different fields. Um, I earned a ton of major related credit, earned 19 hours of credit towards my um, UK degree here. Um, so it was a great experience there to um, keep moving through my degree um, and learn more about the world around me. That's great. What about you, Jack? I was about to say, I got to study abroad in Edinburgh, Scotland for a semester, and I just kept on the same 15 credit hours uh, for UK, and one of the, probably the coolest things about it for me was I went with no UK students, so I did go on a partner program, but I was able to go, and my roommates were from Hong Kong, Poland, and where's the other one from? Um, Norway? So I just got to meet a lot of different people. And I mean, even though those were my roommates, there were still lots of Americans there. And it was kind of something that I would definitely say out of everything I've gotten to experience at UK, experience at college. It was definitely the highlight of college for me. That's really cool. I'm glad you both had really great abroad experiences. Um, So from what I understand, UK offers different abroad experiences and programs. So can you tell me about the different abroad programs offered by UK? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we uh, go by the Office of Education Abroad and Exchanges Intentionally, actually. We don't go by the Office of Study Abroad on purpose um, because we offer um, all kinds of different experiences that aren't uh, just limited and don't just start at study abroad. Um, We do have traditional study abroad experiences where students can take classes and earn academic credit abroad, but we also have different programs like intern programs where students can participate in professional development and real life work experiences abroad in in international firms. We also have research uh, research programs where students can participate in clinical-based, field-based research with other UK professors or with partner organizations. Uh, We even have teach abroad programs where students can student teach abroad in the classroom. And then we also have service learning programs where students can engage in service learning activities. Um, But those study abroad programs and those experiences uh, really vary when you're in country there. So Jack and I were kind of intentional mentioning that we went on partner programs. So I don't know, Jack, if you want to break down a little bit more about what those experiences on different study abroad programs look like in country. 
Yeah, so the partner program is you essentially are going through a third-party website. So I'd say the two biggest are probably ISA and API. Yeah, and you go through them, and they just act as a third party between the university that you go abroad and UK itself. And they handle a lot of the harder stuff, like transfer credits, uh, finances, everything like that, um, applying. That way, it's not as difficult as you basically reapplying to college again just for another university. Um, some of the other ones that are offered are Exchange and Direct, and kind of the differences there would be Exchange, you are applying to a different university, but you're able to pay UK tuition rates. And then with direct programs, you're paying their tuition rates, you're applying to them, you're applying for your own scholarship. So it's just kind of goes on a scale of how independent you really want to be. That's really interesting. And it definitely uh, gives a different variety for what different students want. Yeah. And we know that some of our most popular programs here on campus in a popular summer option are faculty directed programs. So if you're hearing about any kind of opportunities that a UK professor might be leading on campus, those are actually experiences where UK professors will take groups of UK students abroad to um, different countries, um, different locations uh, for a specific UK class and UK credit. So those are really cool ways to meet other peers here at UK and um, experience a different uh, country uh, while earning credit uh, towards your major or a different area that you might be interested in. Yeah, no, that seems really fascinating, actually. Um, are there different factors you should consider when choosing a country? I would say that I wouldn't get too hung up on the country. Um, I originally was supposed to go to New Zealand, and COVID happened, and I couldn't go to New Zealand. And originally, I was honestly pretty upset about that ended up with looking at Scotland and a couple other places and I would say no matter where you go if you're no matter what you're probably gonna fall in love with it you just are you're gonna fall in love with the people there who you meet walking around I still remember the same way that I had to walk through a park to get to school from my dorm every single day I would say I wouldn't get as hung up on where you go because no matter what I really do think you're really gonna like it if you could go back, would you uh, go to New Zealand? I don't think so, because I really, I was in Europe, and after finishing the program in Scotland, I was able to kind of backpack throughout Europe, and I still do want to go to New Zealand one day, but there's certain advantages of being in a continent that's that compact that I got to see 14 other countries, and I would have never gotten to do that if I went to New Zealand. So you say that Scotland kind of just has a place in your heart now? Yeah, definitely. I will. I went to Edinburgh, and I'll definitely be back there one day. Um, 100%. I will definitely be back there one day. I looked at ways I could get a job there, but it's a, it is a little difficult. <laughs> um, so um, talking about factors you should consider, can you study in a country where you don't know the language? Yeah, that's a really good question, and that's actually one of our most common questions that we get from students when they're thinking about how to choose a location or even thinking about just study abroad in general. Um, you can study abroad um, in a country where you don't know the language. Most of our programs and most of our coursework is English-based, but if, say, for example, you've always wanted to learn a different language, um, you've always wanted to study Spanish, um, definitely studying in Spain or studying Costa Rica might help you a little bit with learning that language, but we have a lot of students who will, for example, go to um, study abroad in Germany 
Germany and they may not speak German um, while they're there. Um, they are definitely going to pick up on that language a little bit and definitely knowing German would help, but most of our coursework is English-based and you'll be working with English um, advisors um, and English-speaking faculty there while you're in country. Yeah, I definitely think that studying in a country where you don't know the language would be a very interesting experience because, of course, you don't know the language, but being kind of thrown in is definitely the best way to learn the language. I am currently taking German and talking about German and uh, my teacher takes the approach of just throwing you in and it definitely helps you pick up because you're kind of forced to use context clues, which is very helpful on uh, learning quickly. Yeah, I know whenever I was looking, I obviously went to Scotland, they do speak English, a little bit different accent, but they do speak it. And whenever, once New Zealand got canceled, I was looking at Scotland, Dubrovnik, Croatia, which I still got to visit, and Portugal. And kind of that deciding factor at the end for me was Scotland spoke English, and I liked that. I would say, again, I would definitely not do it back because I really did fall in love with Scotland. But I would say there would, after traveling to different countries, there would have been no need for that type of fear. One, all the classes are taught in English as long as you sign up for an English program. And two, a lot of people do speak English. And if they do, there might be some stereotype that they don't want to help Americans or anything like that. I never found that to be true under any circumstance. Everybody who, if we didn't speak the same language, we they did everything they possibly could to help me. That's good that uh, you still found that sort of helpfulness in another country. Talking about helpfulness, um, uh, what are some uh, support that is available while in your abroad country? Yeah, that's a. It kind of depends a little bit about on what program that you're on, um, because different support offices might look a little bit different. If you're looking, if you're on one of our faculty-directed programs and you need something, you're right there with that faculty member and can immediately reach out and look for some support and problem solve if you need to there. Um, if you're at a larger university, if you're working with a partner program, you'll definitely have advisors there, faculty that are at your international institution um, that can work with you. Um, Another piece of support there is that um, UK is always looking out for you, even while you are uh, while you are abroad too. So we have a really robust um, international um, health safety and security committee and department here on campus that's also always here um, to support you if needed. Yeah, from what I understand, that there is a hotline uh, that the university has set up for international um, and abroad students to uh, contact if need be. Yeah, so we have um, we have a couple of different supports there. If anything ever happens, we um, you can immediately get in contact with us, and there are different ways and different folks that you can contact in our office um, to let us know that something maybe has gone awry. Um, but we also have a really um, in, pl in place um, crisis management um, communication protocol there, so we will get in contact with you absolutely if, if we need to. That's great. I was going to say on the partner program, um, whenever I went, Obviously, it was not with UK, but API and I believe ISA does the same thing. They have advisors there for you, and they even have, I wouldn't even completely know what I called her. We all called her our, our mom there, Michelle, and she would, she picked everybody up from the airport when they first arrived. If you need a ride back to the airport, she would take you. Somebody got sick on the trip, and I think Michelle brought them food, was bringing them stuff. Um, so the, they really try to do as much as they can 
to make sure you're comfortable. She set us all up with doctors because getting a doctor in a foreign country can be a little bit confusing. And the first thing she did when we got there, she set everybody up with a doctor and made sure that if anything went wrong, we'd be all safe. So I would say they go out of their way to make sure you feel as safe as possible. Yeah, that sounds really nice. And just being able to have a support system like that where you have someone to rely on and a place where you don't really know anyone and you're not really sure uh, where to go. It's really nice to just be able to stop and be like, hey, I need help. Yeah, and a lot of our programs are really great about that too. Jack made a great point about like API, his partner program there offering him support. A lot of our um, partners that we work with um, are institutions that students can enroll with. Um, they either have um, international student offices that students can go in and work with advisors there, um, can ask questions about how to navigate different places on campus. Um, and a lot of our partner programs will have um, advising centers specifically for um, study abroad students who are in that country. Um, so a really cool piece of my job is that uh, sometimes when um, we have the opportunity to, I get to actually visit some of the programs that are really popular with our students. So this past October, I actually got to go visit one of our study abroad programs in Copenhagen, Denmark. And uh, one of the most popular places for students to hang out and where I got to spend a lot of time on my visit was actually their in-country advising center there. So they had a full library of popular American books. Um, it was during flu season. They had a flu uh, clinic flu shot clinic going up, um, but they also had Zoom rooms where students could take Zoom appointments there. Um, and then they could also meet with advisors from the partner program there. Um, so it's really neat to see all of that, um, all of those places and spaces that are specific to being able to find a home and being able to make connections in a place that's probably really far away from your home. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned flu. This is a little bit on topic. Yeah. How did the pandemic change and affect study abroad? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the COVID-19 pandemic really highlighted how important risk management and health and safety is for our field, is for study abroad, because we know that things are, it really, if anything, has shown us the past few years that things can change really quickly. Um, and so luckily, though, we do have that whole office here on UK's campus um, that, does focuses, that does focus on global risk. And so we work really closely with that office and really closely with our students who are going abroad to make sure that those students feel prepared to go abroad. Um, so that department, uh, that International Health Safety and Security Committee uh, department here on campus is overseen by a director of global risk. Um, and so part of his role is to constantly oversee and monitor world events. So we're always making sure it's safe and appropriate to send students abroad in various locations there. Um, so we know that health and safety, um, especially coming out of the pandemic, is, is always a time um, kind of it, it is always a, a little bit more front of our minds right now than, than maybe it has been in the past, but that's always something that we are constantly monitoring um, and, are, and are up to date on as our students are out and actively traveling. So um, while we, we did um, have to suspend study abroad for a little bit um, during the COVID-19 pandemic, we're, we're really excited now that our, that our numbers are, are pretty much pre-COVID levels and we have um, a really big applicant pool looking and getting ready to go abroad for the summer. Yeah, I think a lot of people, they would love to uh, study abroad and, you know, do exchanges, but, you know, they always have the concern of what about the pandemic? Maybe they have um, health concerns that they are concerned that may uh, coincide with the pandemic, but would love to go abroad anyways. And it's great that UK is um, willing to uh, work with that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really important conversation that a student can always have uh, with maybe their uh, 
education abroad advisor before they're going um, so that way they can look around and, and kind of see what the what uh, what they might be able to expect when they arrive in that country there um, and see uh, how their response to COVID was and, and how things are situated there um, so it was really refreshing to get to travel to Europe um, this past year um, as a part of um, a site visit that I went on and it was really great to see how how um, everyone has responded and, and rebounded um, and feels like we're, we're really getting back to a kind of like post-COVID normal. Yeah, especially as COVID has died down a little bit over the years, it's nice to see um, how the pandemic is sort of um, changing how we view different things. Yeah, yeah, it definitely has, and, and I think we all kind of saw an experience, and especially you all as students at UK, COVID kind of hit every aspect of all of our lives um, in, in a lot of different ways too. But um, I think if, if it showed us one thing, it's it's that we can come out kind of stronger and, and with new policy and, and keeping watch and, and always making sure that we're on top of keeping our students safe and supported. Because um, ultimately that that's our absolute ultimate goal here is that we want every student to be um, safe and supported and their safety and well-being is, is is our number one priority for every program at every stage when a student's getting ready to go out when they're out on that program um, to the minute that they're on a plane and landing home here for sure uh, how can a student qualify for study abroad yeah so you have to be past your freshman year so first two semesters are freshman year and that's basically just so you can have a GPA and that way when you apply, the program needs a GPA to accept you. And after that, um, certain programs will require a 3.0 GPA, but I would say even if you didn't have that, you'd be pretty hard pressed to find that there would be no programs that would accept you. Um, the UK, API, ISA, all those programs, they want you to go abroad. And they're gonna assist you kind of along the way as much as they possibly can to make sure you get abroad. Whenever my trip was canceled because of COVID, helped me find a new program, even feels like years ago now, right before I went, I remember Omicron started being a thing and I thought that one was gonna get canceled and I guess almost did, I don't know, but along the way, they want you to go abroad. So as long as you have those freshman year, as long as you finish that and you have an established GPA, they're gonna find a way to make sure you can go abroad. So you just have to be past freshman year and have a uh, good standing. Yeah, so we're looking to make sure that our students are in good academic standing there because we want to make sure that they're prepared um, to take classes in a different setting. We know that that experience abroad, that learning experience might look a little bit different there. Um, but, uh, and, and then we're looking to um, to see that they're past a second semester freshman standing so that they do have a GPA. But noting that too, if you're a transfer student and this is your first semester here at UK and you might not have that established GPA at UK here, that's okay too. Um, transfer students are still eligible to study on our programs um, once they've passed that freshman year standing. So if you're a freshman um, and it's your second semester here, this summer is the first time that you could go abroad. So now's a great time to start thinking about that and looking at program options for maybe this summer or maybe sometime in the future. Perfect time for me then. <laughs> Maybe I should start looking. Um, what are some of the most common places for people to go to education abroad? Yeah, that's a good question. So we UK our UK students um, really. Uh, 
pipeline of trending of students of going to Australia and New Zealand, kind of like Jack mentioned, but um, those locations remain uh, closed for COVID a little bit longer. Um, and so they're kind of just reopening to our students. So I do expect that we'll have a lot <coughs> more students going out to um, places like New Zealand and places like Australia again. Um, Ecuador is a large location for us. We have a service learning um, shoulder to shoulder um, brigade there that's a really popular location for UK students as well. It's really cool. I didn't realize that there was so many locations that were so popular by uh, UK students to visit. Yeah, we have over 120 different um, pre-approved locations for students to go abroad in, locations and programs there. Um, so one of the really fun parts of really about my job is getting to chat with students and getting to learn why they might wanna go to a particular country or if they're not there yet and don't know what that particular country is, it's, it's really um, enriching and really fun to, to point out all of the different places that might be options um, for them um, as study abroad programs. Um. What are some ways as a student you can pay for study abroad and are there scholarships available to pay for education abroad? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so paying for your program, um, either you will work with us um, and work with uh, the University of Kentucky to pay for your program. So you might be paying for your program directly through your UK student billing account, just like you pay uh, for your regular UK tuition here. Um, so that makes it for some pretty seamless billing there. You're already familiar with that UK portal there. Um, but then we also do work with um, our partners. We do work with international institutions and you may be paying out some of your tuition, some of your program fees um, to those partners or to those international institutions. So we want um, all those costs to be really transparent out to students and really want students to be able to financially plan for their program. So we have all of that information publicly available on all of our EA program pages and it's all built out and budgeted out specifically to whatever that program or program location that you might be interested in. Um, we also sponsor a variety of um, different scholarships here on campus. Um, I know Jack actually applied for one of our most popular our, um, scholarships here on campus, the UK Education Abroad and Exchanges Scholarship, and was able to utilize that to fund some of his program costs. Yeah, so I use that one as well as I'm a uh, economics major, so I'm in Gatton. And I know every individual college has one. I know um, I applied for Gatton's and got that, as well as API, the partner program I went on. I also was able to apply for that scholarship and one more. And I found getting those scholarships were far easier than getting general college scholarships because I remember back applying for those and getting denied and denied and not getting nearly as much money as I wanted. And I every scholarship I applied for four, every scholarship I applied for I got. So. That's really interesting to hear that educational broad scholarships are much easier to hear than getting college scholarships because I feel the same about college scholarships. It's, it's like it's brutal. <laughs> yeah, it's so brutal. It's like applying denied, applying denied. So it gives you a little bit of hope about applying to educational abroad scholarships. Yeah. yeah, so we actually have a whole person um, in our office that's dedicated to uh, identifying um, UK scholarship opportunities for UK students. So Olivia Ellis is one of our, our EA advisors in the office, and she also works as our scholarships coordinator. So with that, she actually oversees the awards process for our UK Education Abroad and Exchanges Scholarship, and that's a $1,500 award that all UK students are eligible to apply for. Um, we're accepting applications now for the summer 
term, so those are open and accepting um, right now. Um, and we award the UK scholarship that application reopens for every term that we offer study abroad pro uh, programs during. So we have another scholarship round for spring semester programs, fall semester programs, and we also run a couple of programs um, that are built into UK courses. So those are called fall embedded and spring embedded programs. And we also have a scholarship application and a separate scholarship award for those um, for those awards. Um, Olivia also oversees our larger um, UK Education Abroad Scholarship database. So on this database, there is a huge list of awards um, from all different um, organizations, um, partners that we work with that UK students can apply for. And we've tried to house them together um, for you all in one place because there could be so many um, and there's lots of opportunities that we have that we wanna try and lay those out for you there. So there's different um, departmental awards here on campus, kind of like Jack mentioned. Um, we have different partner awards. Um, and so they sponsor um, awards for students who are on those partner programs. And we also work with um, external organizations um, who have nationally competitive awards that students can apply for. And what's great about those nationally competitive awards is we have a whole office here on campus, actually the Office of Nationally Competitive Awards, who can work with students to um, craft their scholarship essays and their scholarship applications for those. Um, so that way, if students are, are looking for um, funding for their programs and are planning to apply for those scholarships, um, definitely making sure that there's a lot of support for them there through that application process. That's really great. It gives so many opportunities to so many people to really go abroad and experience so many uh, opportunities that they probably wouldn't have had before and to have so many experiences outside of um, America and culture, cultural experiences that they probably um, wouldn't have had before. Yeah, I think like college is such a unique and, and such a really cool time um, to go abroad and get to experience different um, cultures, different languages, new places, um, because it's really such a formative time too, where you're experiencing um, kind of learning about yourself, um, experiencing living in a new place. Um, UK, you know, might be a different place for so many of our students who are here at Lexington might be a new city. So to come from one new city to another new city um, and get to get to learn about others and learn about yourself there. Um, I think study abroad is just such a unique and special experience and, and I highly recommend it to any UK student here on campus and any student at any college campus really. Yeah, I mean, education abroad, just from what I've heard today, it definitely seems like something that should definitely be tried once from at least every student. I was gonna say, I couldn't, I honestly couldn't recommend it highly enough. I'm being from Louisville, coming to UK, coming out of high school and not completely considering all my options for just not thinking about like, you can really go anywhere in college. And there's just, in high school, I was like, I'm gonna go to UK and getting to go abroad and just getting to see it gives you a chance to even if and I do love UK but it gives you the chance to experience something that you couldn't experience in America no matter where you go um, it gives you a new perspective on the way just other people around the world operate and it's something that no matter how hard you try no matter how different of a place you go in America it's not gonna be the same as going to a different country yeah for sure I mean, it just gives you experience that you will never experience again. Uh, what is the best piece of advice you could offer for any student who is thinking of studying abroad? I would say one, just go, just do it, apply. And then two, um, programs like Spain, uh, London's a very popular one, Italy, they're fantastic, couldn't recommend them highly enough. The places, 
I did love Scotland and the places outside of Scotland that I love visiting were a lot of the smaller places. Um, I would say look at options to maybe places that people less often go to. Um, Croatia was a place that I loved. I've heard I got to visit and then I've heard studying abroad there in Morocco. I've heard amazing things about there and I would just say don't just go for maybe the Italy or not that those programs aren't amazing you wouldn't have an amazing time but try to go off the beaten path and I think you would truly enjoy it even more yeah I think that's really good advice too it's actually it's really hard to think about kind of like that one thing to think about but I I always just think um embrace the challenge um, and be flexible to new things Um, so I think studying abroad it, it definitely requires some major flexibility and just like even down to the little things of like you've got to learn to walk to school a new way your walk to class is going to look a lot different and you're sure as heck going to get on the bus and go the wrong way maybe multiple times (laughs) Uh, but it's just being flexible and and enjoying that as a learning experience because when you come home um, and you come home with all of that experience under your belt of navigating a new transportation system of navigating new ways to talk to people and in in the workplace and at school um, coming home with all of those experiences under your belt you are just prepared to come and take on anything that this life and that your degree here at UK um, has to throw at you so you just really come home with such a newfound um, sense of confidence um, in yourself there and so once you know that you have the ability to master all of these new things all of those new challenges um, you truly can take on um, so much um, here at UK here beyond um, so I always just think be really open to, to new places um, different locations kind of like Jack was talking about um, and just kind of embracing the challenge and being flexible and, and being up to new things in a new country and I'll put in a plug a little bit about how to find a little bit more out about us. Um, so the best place to find us is on our UK study abroad website. So that's international.uky.edu slash EA. And on that webpage, we have uh, right there on our homepage, our scholarship database. So you can find those different funding opportunities that you might apply for. Um, can find our program search and to look at all of those different locations um, and programs that you can um, explore um, as a UK student. And you can also find out how to get in touch with your UK education abroad advisor Um, so your UK education abroad advisor is there to kind of support you through that program application process through your program search process um, and it's there to support you all the way till when you come back from your program and and especially if you're working in our office um, in a role like our education abroad peer ambassadors there will be working with you there Um, so that's a great place to get started um, and to find out a little bit more about us that's great Um, it was great meeting you both Thank you so much for coming on the show. Of course. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. This was so much fun. Thank you.